Welcome to the next episode of Coffee with John. If you haven't seen it already, Coffee with John is a three times a week virtual coffee with me where you can pick my brains, ask me any questions, run anything by me, just discuss the sort of stuff we might do if we went for a coffee. It's supposed to be a little bit more low-key. It's, uh, it's designed to be a coaching experience, but it's not a big official thing where we get together, whether in person or online, and have a 10, 20 minutes going through stuff. It's just you run a few things by me and I hopefully give you some answers or help ask better questions that lead you in the right direction. Again, it's like we've gone for a coffee. It's the kind of conversation you'd have there, just done online. So um, I remembered there was a third thing I was going to cover on Friday, which I forgot because I couldn't see my notes. And that was one of the questions we had about what should I have for breakfast? And fundamentally, doesn't really matter. Breakfast is a very overrated meal. What most fit pros do, and I've been guilty of in the past, is talk about the sort of breakfast they have, where they have breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and tea like a pauper, or something along those lines. Or maybe they talk about stoking some sort of fat-burning fire. And it's the overall average of the day and the week that's key. If you're looking to lose weight, being in a calorie deficit is what needs to happen. Yes, there is other stuff that's possibly worth considering, but from weight loss, never at the expense of that calorie deficit. So ultimately, the answer probably is whatever enables you to be in a calorie deficit for that day. For some people, that will be having a relatively filling breakfast, so they're not tempted to snack before lunch. Some people might be having no breakfast at all. It is always worth remembering that you essentially can't skip breakfast. You know, if you don't have what you might think of as breakfast, an actual meal at home before you leave the house, but then the first thing you eat that day is cake and biscuits, you had cake and biscuits for breakfast. Breakfast is ultimately the breaking of the fast, the first thing you eat that day. Um, I personally would say I have for breakfast about 25% of my day's calories, similar for lunch and getting on for more like 50% in the evening between my tea and maybe a snack or something like that before or after. That's the important thing, the overall calories for the day. So whatever approach to breakfast works best for you and you don't have to stick to a hard and fast approach, the same thing every day. Some days you might have no breakfast. Some days you might have a reasonable sized one because you know it's going to be a long time before you get access to a, a meal later in the day and you don't want to be hungry mid-morning and snacking. But again, it's whatever enables you to get to maintenance or deficit calories for the day. And then we've got four other questions that have come in since. Uh, if you guys have any questions or anything you want to discuss as you're watching this live, put it as a reply to the video. If anything comes on afterwards, I'll respond to it on the next Coffee with John this next Wednesday. Also, Coffee with John will be available pretty much immediately within about 10 minutes of the end of this on the podcast, which you can access at myrise.co.uk forward slash podcast, which will redirect you either to the website or to your podcast player of choice. The second thing that was brought up was uh, one week to go. This is from someone who's doing our eight week 20 pound weight loss challenge with four pounds to lose. What is the best way? And ultimately, the best way, as with any weight loss thing, is the biggest calorie deficit that you're OK with, that you can manage, tolerate, that you're happy with. So further reducing the deficit you've already been in to a bigger one to lose potentially four pounds in a week, which is, is top end of what's doable, but that's how it's done by increasing that deficit. 
again, as low as you can go. Calorie deficits, are, uh, calorie deficits are a bit like limbo dancing, as low as you can go without falling over. If going low causes you to rebound and then go back to old eating habits and regain all the weight and more, it was too low. If going low for a number of days or a week to hit a particular target or to catch up from another week or day that was less good from that respect, and then you go back to something more maintainable, that's absolutely fine. If you're looking to go particularly low calorie for a short term, then something like white meat or fish and green veg, you can't overeat on. You can eat kilos worth of white meat or fish and green veg and probably still be in a deficit. It's a bit boring, but for a short term to hit a particular target, it's pretty easy or at least simple to do and will get you good results. Often for a challenge, what people need to do is leave themselves in a punching distance for the last week or two, and then they can have that sprint finish to get over the line by doing stuff that perhaps you wouldn't advise to try and do for the rest of your life, but for a week or two to get to a specific target is absolutely fine. So in short, one week to go, four pounds to lose, biggest calorie deficit that you're okay with, like limboing, go as low as you can without falling over, without rebounding, white fish or meat and green veg, really easy way to do that. The next thing that's been brought up on the form that you can fill in at the top of the pages on the MyRise website for your membership, whether that be Rise at Home, Rise for Free, Rise Together or Rise Elite, is the question said, food, sugar and feeling not full. So I'd probably say, I'll cover the last one there, feeling not full, I presume the person that brought this up, Jules, is struggling with feeling hungry, that you'd like to feel fuller. And the key to that is to potentially increase volume of food by reducing average calorie density. So if you eat foods that are on average lower calorie density, you can potentially eat as much as you were before, if not more. To give you an extreme example, I've worked out that I can eat 20 kilos a day of mushrooms and be in calorie maintenance. 20 kilos, just under a quarter of my body weight a day in mushrooms, which I think I would actually not be able to get anywhere near to if I tried, and I would be maintaining weight. Now that's an extreme example, don't switch off to that if you don't like mushrooms, and no one would want to live that sort of approach, but it just makes you realize that by looking for less calorie dense options, how much food potentially you can eat. I did um, a post in our group recently where I asked people to work out how, what the average calorie density of their food that day was by taking the total number of calories they consumed as tracked on my fitness pal and dividing by the total weight of all that food in grams. And I worked out I'd had about four kilos worth of food that day. Four kilos. Now, probably a kilo or so of that was soup. I had two large bowls of soup, which were only a couple of hundred calories each. There's quite a lot of veg in there. Um, but it's surprising if you go for lower calorie density options, how much food you can have. In short, calorie density is the amount of calories per gram of food or potentially per gram per 100 grams. You can go onto myrise.co.uk forward slash density to have a, a list sortable, filterable by 
uh, calorie density for a number of common foods. But the easiest way to get an idea is to look at the nutritional label on the food itself or the equivalent on MyFitnessPal. The lower the number of calories per 100 grams of weight, which is what it's normally shown in, the lower the calorie density. Generally speaking, anything that is around 50 to 100 calories per 100 grams is considered very low. 100 to 150-ish is low. In there, so 150 to 250, 300 is considered medium. Above that is high. So you can get vegetables that are 50 calories per 100 grams. You can get cakes that are six, 700 calories per 100 grams. Or more realistically, you'll have a balance of that. You might just go for 50 grams of the cake, the chocolate brownie, whatever it may be, and a kilo of the veg wrapped around that, not literally, but throughout the day to mean that the amount of food you've had is sufficient, that you're not going hungry, but you're keeping within your maintenance or weight loss calories. In terms of sugar, what we often mean when we say sugar is actually foods that have a particular combination of ratios of sugar and fat which makes them hyper palatable really easy to overdo sugar itself isn't particularly appealing you know people sometimes say sugar is addictive i've never known anyone rob their granny for a bag of tate and lyle you know if we actually tried to eat pure sugar we'd soon vomit it'd be, it'd be foul but by putting high sugar high fat thing ratios together things like cake, the aforementioned um, chocolate brownies, etc. They are hyper palatable and really easy to overdo. Your approach to dealing with that would vary person to person. It could be some combination of being sufficiently full by having had other foods that have a lower average calorie density. It could be getting some of the benefits that you have from having those foods from other things. If we're having those hyper palatable foods to make ourselves feel better because we're not feeling great before is there something else we can do that would have some if not all of that same benefit is there an activity exercise phoning a friend watching our favorite tv program whatever it may be that would help improve our mood and reduce if not remove the need for those hyper palatable high sugar high fat foods Hopefully I've covered that one there. The next thing that was raised on those forms at the top of the various pages is uh, I'm struggling to cut out evening snacking, which is a similar sort of thing, actually. Evening snacking is often more related to how we're feeling. We're feeling potentially a bit bored, maybe a bit flat, and snacking can make us feel better momentarily. And as with a lot of things, it's often a habit. And by addressing that habit and potentially creating a new one or changing the old one, we aren't automatically never gonna snack again. But if we can reduce it by enough to make that difference from maybe being in a calorie surplus down to deficit or maintenance, then that would be great. Because fundamentally, there is nothing wrong with evening snacking. Eating in the evening, if you're in maintenance or deficit, makes no difference to eating more in the morning. So you could look at replacing that habit with something else. Again, something else that makes you feel better, that fills that gap of boredom, that cheers you up, etc.
etc. You could look at just creating a balance of the day or week that makes it so it's okay. So you can have those evening snacks and because you've reduced earlier in the day, you're still within maintenance or deficit. You could look at changing what we're snacking on. Again, something lower calorie density. Um, I sometimes have a protein shake when I feel like having a snack because I find it relatively filling, relatively low calorie compared to some other options that I could have and really quick and easy. Is it as nice as having a bit of cake or a biscuit? No, quite a nice um, protein shake, but no, it's not as nice. But I know if I have that, then that little feeling I've got and that need will probably sub subside over the next however many minutes. And then the final thing that was raised before I just quickly check the live video itself to see if anything else has been brought up on here is can I expand on the post about grams versus calories? Now, I assume that's in relation to Friday's Coffee with John, where I talked about the ratio of macros, proteins, fats and carbs. And what we often recommend is for people to aim for a theoretically optimal ratio of about a third of their energy from each. It's not massively important. It's not something worth stressing over. If we're looking to lose weight, that calorie deficit is way, way more important. But if you're looking to get a little bit more optimal, about every third of your energy from protein, fat and carbs is a nice direction to move in. And because fat is twice as energy dense as protein and carbs, around about nine calories per gram of dietary fat versus four calories per gram of carbs or protein, that means that in actual weight terms, we're looking at a two to one ratio. So approximately two grams of protein to two grams of carbs to one gram of fat, or 200 to 200 to 100 and so on. That would mean roughly you get about a third of your energy from each. But again, don't worry too much about it. If weight loss is your primary goal, that calorie deficit is the key thing. Only last night I was exchanging messages with a member who was saying that they felt they didn't know what to do because they were a bit confused about macros. So what they'd been doing was not eating in a calorie deficit. They'd been confused what they could or couldn't eat in their interpretation of it and just gone back to their old habits. Get in a calorie deficit, whichever way is best for you to do that. Some combination of tactical swaps for probably lower calorie density foods, questioning and reducing portion size, maybe reducing snacking, whatever works best for you, get down into that calorie deficit. If you want to aim for a slightly better potentially ratio of macros, then a third of your energy from each is a nice direction to move in. But again, it's far less important. I'm just going to have a quick look now on the page to see if anyone has commented on this live video. Again, when uh, this is finished, within a handful of minutes, it'll be available as a podcast on the Academy MyRise.co.uk forward slash podcast. Okay, no more questions. So next Coffee with John will be this Wednesday at 1pm. Again, just see it as a virtual meetup, a little chat, an opportunity to get a bit of coaching, but it's a bit more informal. And please do ask anything that you're unsure about struggling with, want to get a bit of clarity on, heard conflicting opinions over, because if you have that particular question or thing that you want to discuss, you will not be the only one. You'll be doing both yourself a favour by hopefully 
getting either an answer or at least a better question. You'll be doing me a favour by giving me something to talk about on Coffee with John. But you'll also be giving 5, 10, 20, however many other people a favour because they'll be having that same challenge or frustration or difficulty or question as well. You won't be the only one. So just go to myrise.co.uk forward slash free if you're on the Rise for Free programme, forward slash home if you're on the Rise at Home programme, or forward slash members if you're on the Rise Together programme. It is also at the top of the home tab on the app for those of you who are on Rise Together. And there's a little form you can fill in there that will submit your thing that you want to discuss or ask to me on Coffee with John. But guys, hope you found that useful, informative, thought-provoking, etc. And I'll see you again on Wednesday at 1pm live on the Facebook page.